I'm your host, Matt, and in just a few moments, you'll hear a post-movie conversation between me and my movie buddy and longtime friend and co-host, Mark. As you know, Mark and I have been watching movies together for almost 20 years. We no longer live in the same city, so our weekly trip to the movies has been relocated here as a podcast for all you good people. This week, uh, we open with a little mini-discussion because we sort of went on a little tangent, we open with a mini-discussion of the newly released Joker photos from Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then following that is our main review this week, and that is Monster Hunter, the latest film from Paul W.S. Anderson based on the Capcom video game series. It marks the third time Paul W.S. Anderson has made a movie based on a game. And if you're keeping score at home, this adds Tony Jaa, to our podcast club of having appeared twice now. He's two times on the podcast club, so he ties Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage for repeat appearances on this show. So congrats to Tony Ja. We watched Monster Hunter on VOD for the hefty sum of 20 bucks. No idea if it's on a streaming service by the time you listen to this episode, so just check Just Watch for places you can check it out. The logline is... When Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle for survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers. So you know how we do, spoilers, and without further ado, here we go. Did you see this uh, Jesus Joker picture that blew up the internet today? No. From Zack Snyder's new Justice League. Oh, is the fucking Joker get crucified by the Batman now? It's Jared Leto. Wait, it's Jared Leto. Question, is it Jared Leto or Jared Leto? I like to say Leto because it rhymes with Geppetto. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it rhymes with Jello. Oh, okay. That could be something. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm going to share my screen. Probably cut this whole bit. I'm going to cut this whole fucking thing. No. Check this out. This is him. What? This is from the movie. This is real. Dude, this is, man, Snyder with the Christ imagery. What so wait, what is he saying then? Because if if Superman was also Jesus and and now well, Joker's well, that's what Jesus. I thought. Right, I thought Man of Steel was his Jesus movie. Yeah. But apparently he's saying in Justice League the Joker is Jesus. Can I, have a, can I ask you a question? Is all this new stuff, I mean, is all the Joker stuff new? Or was this part of his original cut? No, I think all the Joker shit is brand new. He shot it just for the Snyder cut. 
Wow. But this dropped today, and the minute I saw it, Dude, I was I'm like, so fucking excited. I to have see to this ask now. how Mark, what Mark thinks about this, because I know, hadn't seen it. I don't know. I guess I don't really follow entertainment news as much as I should, because this just or all my friends aren't into this shit either. It's like, God damn it. I'm a fucking nerd. Nobody what, else. is. What nerd. do you think of this Jesus picture of the Joker? Dude, my friend Benji and I are so fucking psyched to see this movie. Like, they could have Joker taking a shit, and the two of us are be like, <laughs> "Yes, give it to me, Zack Snyder. We're gonna watch this shit on March 18th." Uh, what do you think of it? I think it's fucking dope. I think this image is a little silly. I liked the earlier stuff with him, where it was just like, like seeing it. You don't watch trailers because. You're kind of I'm annoying an in that way. It's, it's my <laughs> least favorite thing about you that you don't watch trailers. It kind of angers me a little bit. But if I'm being I, honest, like if I had I've like a, a baby bunny in my hands and I talked about sending you a trailer, I would accidentally fucking crush its windpipe like goddamn Lenny and of Mice and Men. I'd be like, oh, no, what happened? The bunny. I'd be like, I thought about sending Mark a trailer and he didn't watch it again. <laughs> um no but no, I, I do i do watch them i do watch trailers but if yeah, it's a sure. serious movie like um what was it hold on i can't, i don't remember names because i'm fucking old hold on well while you're doing that i'm gonna finish my thought which was i'm actually <laughs> excited to see the justice league movie and i'm totally going to watch the four hour snyder cut however the trailer uh that i saw with leto doing the funny line that I won't spoil for you because you you didn't watch the trailer, but everybody at home knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's a very meme-worthy line that people have associated with the Joker for a long time, and all of a sudden he seems to be saying it unironically, hint, hint, I'm sparing Mark, but I thought that looked cool. And I think Leto actually looks cool. And after the little things, I'll watch Leto do fucking anything. because I, I hope he kept great. the pot belly, though. But you know what's funny is, when we saw the Suicide Squad, my my friend uh, Steve actually he made a great point. He said it's so funny. First they were trying to make him Takeshi Six Nine, the rapper, and now they're trying to make him <laughs> Marilyn Manson. And I was Ooh, like, oh my god, Marilyn Manson Christ. actually got in trouble for being a, a fucking weirdo, right? I think we right. talked about that before. Marilyn Manson is not everybody's favorite person right now. Yeah, so and then, probably not a good idea to. It's copy funny that the time. timing of this because especially with the Crown of Thorns. Uh, so if you don't know, by the way, we should say this for people listening. Your Joker the photo died on is, the cross to save our sins. The photo is Jared Leto's Joker in black and white, and he's wearing a crown of thorns, and he looks very Jesus-y. Um, and it, to me, it conjures up, because of the black and white, it looks like a Marilyn Manson. He already looks like Marilyn Manson. It looks like this is extra Marilyn Manson-y. I don't know how I feel about this. Unless it's part of a funny gag where he's like, gonna pretend to you know and be like easter sunday ha 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 like if he's gonna do something so many christians are gonna be offended religious that's that's okay but if this is like part of his deal where he's gonna try to turn the joker into a messianic figure i think it's kind of stupid like a cultish figure yeah because he doesn't look like this in the trailer which you would know if you'd watched so is this a promo photo or is this just an exact still this Oh, I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, I don't know. All this Snyder Cut stuff is coming out today because it's uh, Vanity Fair. 
I don't know. Well, does your trailer rule apply to reading articles? Because Vanity Fair did a really good piece on Zack Snyder, I'm told, all about the making of this Justice League. And it's like, it takes you in depth behind the scenes, obviously, that the tragedy that happened while he was trying to make the movie. And apparently it's like an amazing piece of writing and journalism on him. I'd read it. Yeah, if you send it over, I'll read it. I'll send you the link. I was actually just about to start reading it, and then you signed into the podcast. And I totally fucked it up. You fucked it up for me. God damn. Hey, um, you know what's funny, though, is, and I do want to point this out, is he's clearly, the the Jared Leto Jesus Joker (laughs) is clearly in a, he's like in Arkham or something because he's in like a straight jacket. So I have a feeling this is just going to be wait. like a funny thing, like a gag. Is that a straight jacket? Cause it looks like there's like some face mask. It looks like he's in some surgeon outfit because he's got like the rubber gloves. There's a mask over. I mean, straight oh my down. God, I think right? you're right. Doesn't it look like a surgeon smock? How do I zoom? I feel like an old man on Twitter. There we zoom. go. How do I zoom? Oh shit, you're right. That is a face mask. That's a surgeon's yeah. face mask. Yeah, and he's got rubber gloves. Whoa. Okay, I don't know what to make of this now. And he mysteriously no longer has any tattoos. So a pen- I guess what are they saying that he was using temporary tattoos? And if that's the case, that's I kind think of funny. it's a different. You know what my theory is, and that and this to me just lends credence to it, is that this Snyder cut, every the multi like multiverse so hot right now. So hot right now. Hansel, so hot right <laughs> so now. So hot right now. I think that this is a multiverse. I think there's many Jokers, and I think that this they're going to play it off. They're going to play it whatever way works best for them in damage control. If I feel as though it's just DC just being like not knowing what the fuck. It feels like doing. a massive course correct is what it feels like, but I could see them saying, "Hey, just like the nightmare sequence with Batman where he's in the desert wearing a fucking bat guy trench coat and that's like supposedly like an elseworld story, right? It's like an alternate universe multiverse. They're going to say this is the same thing." That it's Can a, I say like one a multiverse thing, actually, Joker. Let me interrupt you there cuz you brought that that part up. That people always like wonder why I love Batman versus Superman so much. And it's like, why the fuck did this idiot see it six times in the theaters <laughs> if it was like critically panned and considered one of like the worst superhero movies ever made? And one of the reasons why I love that movie so much is because I really wanted to see that scene on the big screen over and over again because it was like so far into left field and just so weird and it was like i was just i'm so sick of that batman story where it's just like he's in gotham shitty his parents get killed yeah but Here's, that's in like bvs every, too that's, fuck, in, that's huh? how it starts no what All i'm saying is like i want to see a different like everybody knows batman's origin if you're going to see a batman movie you know batman's origin the fact i wanted to see that movie that weird fucking Nightmare Mad Max movie. Fury Road. Well, that's why I'm excited Batman. about the the you Robert know? Pattinson Batman because it looks like a completely different approach. Yeah, but it, where it they're also... disregarding all the we don't need to see his origin story. It's just going to be a standalone thing. I think they are doing his our origin story because they're showing him in like his the car doesn't look very refined. His outfit doesn't. It's look year very one, refined. but it's you're not going to go back to Tom and Martha Wayne getting shot. No, I know that'll probably be. And I'm hopefully hopefully they won't do another flashback scene yet again. You but know, it's Mark, still going to be like him building up his gear, becoming more like. I think Batman-y. you're absolutely right about him being a surgeon because look at his hands. They're yeah, gloved. they're rubber gloves. They're rubber gloves. Mark, were you? 
were you on to something? I think so. I basically, what he what Snyder is saying is being Jesus is not enough. You also have to have a medical degree. You have to have <laughs> gone to medical school. You can't just die on the cross like a schmuck. You, you have, have to a goddamn be a doctor. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea what those markers are? They look pretty ancient. The tracks end here. It's definitely Bravo team. They don't just disappear. I don't care what those creatures are. We destroy them and close the gateway. I'm getting us all home. Mark, <laughs> so now that we talked about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and the Jesus Joker, which I think is kind of hilarious. Um, hey, how's it going, man? What's oh, that's up? what my other thought, by the way. But uh, going back to your Mark doesn't watch trailer things, I will watch a trailer for like fun, dumb movies like Monster Hunter. But say, for example, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. If it's something I really want to watch, I won't watch the trailer for that. But mm. most of the times you send me trailers is for like shitty movies. So I'll watch them because they're like Nick Cage movies. And- <laughs> Judas <laughs> and the Joker Messiah. <laughs> but yeah, there are certain films where I kind of like, I'm not familiar with the backstory of the actual events, sort of like Judas and the Black Messiah. And I kind of want to just experience it as it unfolds, you know? Nice. So there are certain things. <laughs> yeah, great response. <laughs> no, I was nice. just thinking, how many yeah, times can we say Judas further. and the Black Messiah in the beginning? Well, of I'm this trying podcast. to promo the movie because I think it's fucking awesome. I'm gonna tell you, I still haven't watched it. I gotta watch oh, well. it. I gotta watch it, man. You gotta watch it, man. You gotta watch the relic. You gotta watch Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. You gotta watch I'm... Cold Skin, so I know what you think about that. I'm one. getting <laughs> caught up. My wife makes me watch a lot of TV. 
I don't get what to do watch, watch so many movies. What I do you watch? Pick TV and choose then? the movies I I get, and sometimes you know I don't have time. I wanted to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. You were the one who brought it to my attention. One day I'll watch it. Yeah, when you're really old and you're into like you know <laughs> truths. I like movies that are true stories. I like oh, movies that, that are true stories. That is true. What's that the age? Bullshit. What is it? Late fifties, where you only like movies that are based on true stories. It's no, it's documentaries That's and right. movies, and it's like. <laughs> and then there's an age gap. I would argue right before that, where you only enjoy movies exclusively about dogs, like in Marley <laughs> and Me, the Racing in the Rain movie, A Doggy's Journey. There's that whole subgenre. Of, All of, of the All Wild. Of the wild. With Harrison Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford takes a CG dog to see. The Jared Leto Veterinarian. <laughs> what? That's a good movie. <laughs> I I will watch Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm actually also now trying to. We should have made this a drinking game. Go back, rewind the podcast. Every time we say Judas and the Black Messiah, take a drink. You will die now. of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark. We watched Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. The new film by Paul W.S. Anderson, who we should state outright. Um, there's sort of, it's funny because like you and I think of Paul W.S. Anderson very differently than uh, the rest of the world does because he's one of the directors that you and I actually like quite a bit. But our point of view is at odds with the rest of the world. You know, he's like very hated. He's a joked upon director. Did you realize that? Yeah, I know. People and unfairly, I, I in my opinion. Sad. Yeah, they, they sort of troll him and diminish his movies. I'm not defending every movie he makes, but like I, I never saw Pompeii and I never saw That's his fun three, movie, his Three uh, Musketeers movie. That one I didn't see. I've only seen the first two Resident Evils. I didn't see any of the other Resident Evils. Um, but he of directed course, the first two, right? And yes. And I believe he directed the last one, didn't he? The final one. Yeah. There's somewhere in there he took a break and then he kind of came back to the series. He might have done the the very final chapter and then the, or the last two. Yeah, Resident I think Evil's. the Highlander guy, whatever the hell his name is, directed the third one, which where they're in the desert. And I love you're talking that about one, Russell Mulcahy. Yes, he's a fucking That's awesome director. That's the same guy who made what a what a fucking hit list. Highlander, The Shadow, Prophecy, Prophecy. No, he didn't direct Prophecy. Yeah, I think he did. No. He, Russell Mulcahy directed Prophecy? That doesn't sound know. right. I'm fucking old. I think Gregory, Gregory Wyden directed Prophecy, if I'm thinking off the top of the dome. <laughs> um, but the things that uh, Paul W. Sanderson did direct early in his career, Mark and I, it's funny, he was one of the directors at film school you and I initially bonded over because at our you know fucking pretentious art school, everybody was like, if you're not, Stan Babbage recording a lady giving birth. Oh, Stan Brackage? Is that it? it? Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> Stan Babbage's. <laughs> yeah. Where? They, what was that other stupid movie he made where he like glued moths onto like thirty-five millimeter film strips mm -hmm. and recorded or something? That's like the that? kind of I shit Mark and I that. had to endure every day. And meanwhile, Mark and I were the only two kids talking to each other, being like, "Hey, man, I like Mortal Kombat the movie." Unironically. <laughs> Mark. Agreed. By the way, Gregory Wyden. You're right. It was him that directed it. He wrote the screenplay for Backdraft. 
He's a talented guy. Dude, this guy's the shit. Gregory Wyden is good, man. Mark and I, uh, we should say, also just recently discovered Backdraft. Neither of us had seen it. And we both watched it, and it was incredible. Oh, my God. The physical like, effects in that? That might be, like, some of the best the best uh, new-to-me movie I've seen in, like, three months. Backdraft. Wait, I forgot. Had you seen it before in the theaters? No. No, I've never seen it. Backdraft. That was the first Jeez. time I had seen it. God damn, that that's one of those movies where it's like, oh man, I wish I can go back in time and see that in a theater. Just I wish I could go back in time and go to the Universal Studios attraction Backdraft the Experience, dude. Yes, where you're you in the what? middle of the warehouse fire and you're like, Kurt Russell, no, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert De Niro is like, I'm gonna bring you up on charges, and then he falls down. <laughs> And then the, the, it doesn't go anywhere after that. <laughs> like, wow, this sucked. <laughs> Backdraft was terrible. Um, Dude, we should watch Backdraft 2 then and review it for the show. I heard they even brought uh, Donald Sutherland out of retirement yeah. to do his bit, his Firefly, his Firebug character. <laughs> they were I like, don't want to do it He was probably like, I like movies based on true stories. <laughs> and they were like, this is a true story, uh, Mr. Sutherland. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, we should oh, say, fun though, fact, there, there's a character in uh, in the new Backdraft 2, and his name is Ralph Kuntz. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm okay. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I was saying, Mark and I are obviously big Paul W. Sanderson. We've, we've both been Paul W. Sanderson fans, and we've also been Paul W. Sanderson apologists, right? Because yeah. we also acknowledge... There are some movies we like, obviously, other people don't like. Um, but I think, inarguably, like, one thing you have to give the man, even people who don't like him, is that Event Horizon is one of the best oh, sci-fi yeah. horrors of all time, period. He's untouchable. Shopping's a really good movie. Event Horizon's dope. Soldier, I think, is one of the most underrated sci-fi films ever The great made. action film as well. Yeah. Death Soldier. Race is super fun. I don't give a shit. I love Death Race. I unironically love Death Race. I had a blast with that movie. Yeah. You sit down on a Sunday afternoon. Movies. See, that's the problem, right? You have free time, okay? On a Sunday afternoon, what do you what do you, what, would you, what would you rather watch? Death Race, a movie where Jason Statham blows people up with his car, or <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah. You see the problem? Oh my God. One feels like homework and one doesn't. <laughs> The other movie we love, obviously, that we brought up on this podcast many times is Mortal Kombat, which we're both unironically fans of, and dropped oh, yeah. a major trailer, that remake, also. Dude, that trailer, I, the 15 seconds I saw of it were amazing. <laughs> and then I oh, turned you... it off because I really want to see it. It was funny. I kept messing with Mark the rest of the day because I was making up bullshitty things that were not in the movie um, that I won't repeat here because they were very bad. <laughs> So, Mark, that brings us to Monster Hunter, Paul W. Sanderson's new movie. And I open with you, sir. Let me say that this movie, I don't give a shit. Well, here's the thing with Paul W. Sanderson movies. Like we said, they're both, like we both agree, they're extremely entertaining. If a Tarkovsky film came on and like a Paul W. Sanderson movie came on, I'm pretty sure we'd gravitate towards a Paul W. Sanderson joint. Oh, every over time. anything else and i have to say this movie totally delivered on 
the fun and excitement that I would expect from a game-based movie called Monster Hunter. And he wrote it. What a fucking talent. What a no, guy. it's a super fun movie. I liked it a lot. I, I love the characters. One thing I always think is funny is as soon as you see a 10 cent picture, you're like, ah, oh, great. There's going to be an annoying character in the movie that <laughs> has gadgets. And, and were you right? Not really. Oh, yeah, well, she had like the glass. She the had like a glasses. weird. Yeah, it was like a microscopic. Which she proceeds to take off immediately after using them for like two seconds. But, you know, you got um, Miliovovich is awesome. I always I think she's fantastic. She looks she's aged really well for a honky. She's 45. That's fucking nuts. Can you believe that? Damn. Yeah. I just kept thinking the whole she time. She got them like, good genes. That's a 45-year-old woman there doing oh these my things. God, that's so no, I was like, you wouldn't know it. She looks the same. She looks the same she as she did age. in Resident Evil. She does not age. Yeah. I think she's an awesome actress, though. She really, like, pulled it off as that character. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm just letting you talk. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you. This is also the show of men talking over each other. This is the mansplain show. We like to mansplain Two to mansplainers other men. mansplaining each idiots. other. Too much mansplaining in the movies now. <laughs> I think no. I think she's great in that role. And I, you know what? Okay, so there's two actors that I find really annoying, and one of them is Common, and the other one is Tip. Is Ti? <laughs> I will say that even though T.I. had no clue how to aim down sights of a sniper, he's getting better as an actor. I'm like finding him less and less annoying, whereas I feel as though Common has never progressed in his acting ability. He's just blank face from the, you know, the Ryan Gosling school of acting. But he was okay in um... T.I. was actually I didn't mind him in this movie. Actually, most of the characters in the movie, I didn't mind at all. I thought they were like, I actually gave a shit about them. All right. So now I'm going to tell you. Tony Jaw looked fucking phenomenal. If we were we're talking about people that look phenomenal, phenomenal. Tony Jaw looks amazing. I'm going to tell you. He's in great shape. In the last few movies I'd seen him, he looked kind of like washed up and bloated. In this movie, he's like fucking ripped. That guy lost some series. He did some weight cutting. He looks good. I have to say, I echo everything you're saying. When the movie started, there was a split second where you know what I'm talking about. It's like this big CG storm just like rises up. And I was like, oh, God. And (laughs) there was a moment where I was like, you know, I don't have to like everything this guy makes. Whatever. I'm just going to watch the movie. And I have to say, after the first minute, all that stuff went away. This movie is ridiculously entertaining, like, and legitimately good because it's the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a really big, like, it's the military versus monsters. And I was like, ah, that's so boring. But if anybody can make it interesting, Paul Davis Anderson can make it interesting. And what the movie does and is something does even too. better. <laughs> what he does is instead he takes it like a, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Like Enemy Mine, where you got a soldier and like a creature or a person from another world, and there's a language barrier, and they're forced to learn how to communicate and work together if they want to survive and get past all the dangers in this new uh, universe. And it's kind of amazing because it's a bromance, really, between Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa. 
of all people. And, and they have fucking great works. chemistry together. They have too. awesome chemistry. Um, and it's funny because most of the time when they meet, they're fighting each other. They're like battling each other, punching each other. And that's why I was saying Mila Jovovich really holds her own, especially for like, she's a 45 year old woman. You're sitting there throwing elbows and punches with Tony Jaw and you make it look real. That's pretty fucking, fucking impressive. Fit. Yeah, yeah. Tony Jaw's no joke. By the way, you know what's funny? When I saw Tony Jaw, just because I had watched a couple of his previous movies, I was like, wow, this looks like a younger version of Tony Jaw. It's like this fucking dude reverse aged himself. He looks and fantastic. he's great in it. He's great. And he moves so quickly. Funny, too. we just saw so we just saw him in jujitsu and how poorly they use Tony Jaw. Yeah. And here you get to really see him. You get to see what he does with a director who knows how to use him, how to shoot his fights, how to shoot his movements. And you can see how dynamic and exciting a fighter he yes. is, right? He's so good. The it way actually, he uses his environment and bounces off fucking walls, kicks himself over. It's awesome. By the way, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember in uh, Pandorum where they meet that other guy that's awakened? And yes. he there's also that language barrier, but they have to like fight together to get past these monsters. It reminded me a lot of that dynamic. Oh where it's yeah. Like yeah. You couldn't under they the characters couldn't understand each other, but they had this like communication and and this uh back and forth that was like very endearing. And you're it like, Oh man, of... I really want these two people to succeed. That's the enemy mind thing, right? That movie with yeah. Dennis Quaid and Lewis Gossett Jr. This is also an amazing <laughs> let's get Another really Dennis cool. Quaid this movie. is for the cool people. There's also an amazing Star Trek Next Generation episode where, do you remember where Jordy is on the planet and he loses his visor so he can't fucking oh, see? yes. And the, um, the uh, nah, not the Klingon guy. Um, oh, no, it was a Klingon. There was a Klingon uh, warrior there that was there to, to cover something up and hurt him. There's like a storm happening. He broke his right? leg. So they have to work together. And he winds up having to basically ride piggyback on Jordy LaForge's back so that he can be his eyes and Jordy can be his legs. That's like one of the best Star Trek Next Generations I've ever seen. That show is fantastic, though. I, my friend show. and I have been going through like we started on season one and it was like, holy shit, these are like really well written. I like Patrick Stewart's um, fake private eye character, Dix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a whole season of dicks. <laughs> a couple of dicks. Um, no, so we should say really quick, the story for Monster Hunter, it's pretty simple. Is um, And the movie does this very elegantly. It's sort of just like, it doesn't waste time. It's like, there are soldiers in the desert. I believe if you look at the latitude and longitude, they're in Afghanistan, according to IMDb. Wow, so in man, Afghanistan, really there are these little towers, these little like uh, stone monuments that glow all of a sudden as an army convoy is rolling through of army rangers and they get sucked into sucked through a portal into another dimension to another world. And when they're there, they're in the monster hunter world. I don't know if that planet or world or whatever has a name. And once they're there, it's a really shitty place. It's a really horrible, <laughs> inhospitable place. And they're taken apart right away by this badass looking creature called Diabolos. And, um, and I wanted to point out really quick. One thing I was super excited. So you singled out the 10 cent, uh, production banner at the start, and what of I noticed right away, what I noticed right away was Toho. <laughs> yeah, and when I saw Toho, man, I got fucking psyched because 
every Toho movie, even the bad Kaiju movies, even the bad Godzilla movies, Toho makes some rad shit. So when I saw the Toho banner, I was like, all right, there's at least going to be some kick-ass creature design. And Dude, the creature stuff. Look fantastic. Every creature looks Holy awesome. Shit. Even the um, even the innocent herbivore creatures that were like megalodons or whatever on that island, they looked great too. No, everything. I, I thought that uh, some of the effects looked fantastic. I mean, there are some certain particle effects that like they try to like show an explosion but it was clearly like this you know overlay and those look kind of weird but overall like that one creature that that relentless creature where they break its horn off like that's the, the diablo they meet that creature looked insane yeah it was like a um it was like an underground triceratops it kind of reminded me of like an underground triceratops plus the sandworms from dune because it responded to noise and vibration and it so had like, like arms. <laughs> yeah, you would like hit it would like if you threw something like a stone or something on the sand, that's the point it would go to burrow under and come. So it was out. also really stupid. <laughs> it was really ridiculous. So we got wait of, of the awesome creature designs. So we've got the Diabolus. We have these amazing um arachnids underground. That whole sequence, that was one of oh my, my favorite God. sequences in the movie. So uh Mila Jovovich's whole platoon is picked apart mostly Dude, by yeah, Diabolus, but the survivors everyone are kept underground. And she awakens inside of this disgusting black sack and she opens it up and she's in like a fucking spider web, for lack of a better word. And T.I. is like, oh, my armpit, it hurts. And she's trying to get him out of there. And he pulls his fucking uniform down and his wound. You see there are a bunch of spider eggs growing inside of his wound and they hatch and he gets eaten alive. It was awesome. That right there is the price of admission. If like you want to see, and that's like in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Well, the movie that's the thing I didn't, I didn't expect from this movie is they start wasting people like brutally right away, big people early on. Even you think like Milijovic is dead. What was her yes. character's name? Artemis. Her name is Artemis, which is funny because so Tony Jaa's character is just named the Hunter, and Artemis is the it's goddess the of the hunt. Funny that those two kind of went together, and it has to be intentional. <laughs> and the name of the movie's Monster Hunter. Monster wow. Hunter. <laughs> they also have also... the oh, dude sorry, from uh, Fury Road. The uh, what's his name? He plays the other guy that's competing with uh, the other. Uh, what are all those fucking? Oh, he's the other war boy. Yeah. Yes, he's the uh, not Nux. He's the other one. Yeah. He's, yes. Yeah, he's like Nux's rival, but he was in the movie and. Because I, I they they're all like fairly recognizable actors, so I didn't think they would all get like decimated. Yeah, in same like the for first um, same for minutes. Megan Good from yeah. Shazam, and um, like you see all these names and and you're like, oh, okay, they'll probably be around for a while. No, no, they all get slaughtered. They get killed in the first act. Um, and the one person I thought was dead right away that I'm so glad wasn't was fucking Ron Perlman. Yes, you I'm didn't so know Ron Perlman was in this movie, but fucking Ron Perlman's in this movie, and he is badass. Didn't you feel like he was kind of dressed up like Khan? I thought he was like he looked like some anime character with the <laughs> yeah. crazy like blonde hair and the giant muscles. He's After like after googling the Khan regard Ricardo Montalban Khan boobs. I don't know, man. He looked like he was cosplaying. He looked like Did Khan. You, uh, look up a Ron Perlman boobs. I'm too scared to look up Ron. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after all those characters are picked apart, Mila Jovovich and Tony, jo Tony Jaa is like a hunter that's in this world. 
and he takes her captive at first and they have to learn to work together. He realizes she's not a threat. And there are some cool bonding moments. Like there was something I thought was really clever where you don't, again, they can't understand each other. And so you see Tony Jaw praying and he, and there are these little idols and you realize they are there like little statues to symbolize his family that he lost to like a monster attack. That sounds really stupid, but later when he had when he and Mila Jovovich team up to take on Diabolos and get past it, he's running and you think he's home free and he drops the little satchel that has the idols in it. And you know immediately he's going to turn around and get it and put himself in danger. It was a really well-constructed sequence. It was a great payoff to that. Yeah. The statues, I thought. There's plus, little like, stuff like that all throughout the movie. Plus, because also she gets pissed off at him and destroys his little altar when they're bickering. And the fact that she, when he's, he gets fucked up pretty bad and she has to nurse him back to health. And um, she sets up his, like, his little ceremonial family altar for him, which is like, it's kind of, it shows that they care about each other, but it's, it's like a really simple device. I don't know. I thought it was like, that was pretty smart. Yeah. That was really effective as was the, the way that she trades to get water. She has half a Hershey bar in her pocket and she offers it to him and she tells him chocolate and he's, he eats it and he obviously loves it and he wants more. And so every time they find food, he calls it chocolate. Yeah, and he associates any he associates anything that tastes good with chocolate. <laughs> it's fucking great. But like, it, that, that's actually genius because like if there is a language barrier and you're like this is chocolate, he's probably assuming that like oh she means that this tastes good and is applying it to other things. So it's yes. actually pretty smart, I think. It's like something that would naturally happen because you don't have word association down, you just have like these general ideas. Yeah, I thought it was pretty smart. Their whole relationship was like I could watch that the was two the of them strength in a movie to me. The, like my forever. favorite part of the movie was watching them learn to communicate. The bromance was awesome. Yeah, and they're both very good her actors too. With those fire swords, there are these badass. Like, oh my god! Yeah, and she doesn't realize things? that. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> that scene was great, and she's like, "You gotta talk." I, I like that they still speak to each other, yes. as though the other person understands, and in in some sort of way they do because like. They're, they've bonded with each other. Yeah, because he laughs at her. He knows yeah. that he she's going to be surprised. He gets the gist of what Yeah, he gets saying. the joke. <laughs> I love that. And I also love that the movie, like, it, it's funny because, okay, it takes its time setting up those emotionally effective beats, but it doesn't waste time getting caught up in the minutia of the world. Like, it's not like, okay, this sword weapon does this when you do this and it's used this way. You discover along with Mila Jovovich that those things catch on fire and it's really surprising when it happens. Same thing. They don't make a big deal about the gauntlet weapon that she gets. She just uses it. She practices with it learns how to use it it's not a big deal all of a sudden she's like using this fucking gauntlet weapon it's really cool yeah, well the thing is like you assume it's like oh her character just from she's not just like you know a tough character she's also very intelligent but they don't have to like throw it in your face you just see from her actions that she's like she's very capable and you just and you as the audience are like accepting of that because you're like okay yeah she's uh she's very intelligent so she can pick this stuff up really easily so even when she's like later on going head on with these monsters you don't feel as though it's like oh she's just like how does she all of a sudden have these abilities it's just like she's always had the ability so yes she can do these actions 
perfectly fine. And she wasn't like a fucking you don't ad executive that was transported to the middle of this world. She's an army yeah. ranger, so she has yeah. weapons training, and she's tough. She can move. So it's it's basically just an extension. She kind of uses one of the big weapons almost like a the way she would a gun. But it's funny, though, because I love that they didn't forget that. Like, anytime they cross over like abandoned military vehicles her first thought is like get gun like she's always yeah. looking for that rocket launcher she's and she uses it too she uses a fucking mini gun and she uses it effectively against she actually has good aim yeah she has really good aim uh she's a fun character i have to say this is like the i think this is the most fun i've had with mila jovovich in a movie since resident evil where like yeah because it's not like really an overly serious, character. overly serious character it's more playful yes. especially and tony jaw is also very playful it's like they're you know, they're having fun with each other. It's really cool. It's, it's perfect. It feels like a that. real friendship. Uh, the monster hunters in the movie have these ridiculously huge anime-like weapons. Like his... They look like video game characters. <laughs> yeah, well, they are. This is a video game, right? Based on a video yeah. game. So, so you it have was these like giant blades with like, saw teeth on the end. And this fucking thing is like as big as a helicopter blade. And little Tony Jaws walking around with it in the desert. It looks really Yeah. Fun. Well, that's what I liked about it. It's like because they are video game characters, they didn't try to do that. Like, this is going to be we're going to make it more realistic and kind of like, you know, dumb down the weapons. So it's something that they could actually hold and stuff. No, it's like, you know, Ron Perlman has a big fucking fire axe. His huge it's axe. It's like that powers up. So, I mean, I think I'm glad they didn't try to do that whole like realism bullshit. It's like, okay, this is based on a video game. Let's have fun with like video game physics, but That's it's live action. And I was like, absolutely. okay, I really appreciate this. Yeah. Like, I not did everything love that. has to be fucking realistic and have like, you know, be tied into our real world. Plus, they're I in another agree. world, so maybe the gravity is different. So they can do. Also, it's funny shit. too because if you notice, every time she does use a real weapon, it doesn't work well. It never works out, right? Even the rocket launcher, you think it takes out Diabolos, and then a second later, it's right there again. Um, well, then, I did that's like the that. cool thing about it. If you think about it, like for hunters, they use different calibers of bullets depending on what game they're hunting. So if you're taking down an elephant, you would use a larger caliber. So if you think about it, like the caliber of bullets they're using are like for battle against other humans. So this shit wouldn't work against these monsters. Even like, you know, if you consider this rocket launcher with the thickness of their skin getting fired at this massive beast, it's probably not going to do too much damage, right? I would think so. I think it's probably like throwing a fucking grape at a brick wall. Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> kind of like you definitely you have to scale up and then it because they know that it, they have to use these traps and these other weapons as a result, which is pretty cool. Because it shows you that okay, the modern technology is not really going to work too well in this in this alternate universe. So it's kind of like okay, they do use it, but it's like oh no, it actually doesn't work. So now they have to like figure shit out. Right, which is pretty awesome. Because it's not just you. like an easy kill. Did you do you play or or do you have any experience with the Monster Hunter games? Are they like this? I don't have any experience. I've just with them at seen all. like the video game trailer, so I I honestly haven't played it, and I've seen like stills and stuff from it. So all I know is from what I've heard, it's a very fun game. I know there was some new. Uh, I know I'm a big Nintendo guy, and I know Nintendo just released a new Monster Hunter. I believe it's called Monster Hunter Rise, and it doesn't look anything like this. And I was reading a bit about the movie just because I'm I'm cool like that. After the movie, I go to Wikipedia <laughs> and I look things up. Um, and I was seeing that Paul W. Sanderson is a track. There's one particular uh, volume of the series of the game 
that he wanted to focus on and that's called monster hunter world which is apparently the most popular iteration of monster hunter and his idea was taking an outsider like an american and putting them into the world of monster hunter so that you would experience you she's kind of a cipher for you the audience so you're learning the mechanics of the world you're learning who the monsters are that there are these kinds of you know crazy interplanetary threats and um so you're experiencing those things along with her but one thing that he was talking about was um usually when you do movies like that you sort of have to sacrifice a bit of the weirdness and to me he didn't like i'm sure there's more weirdness in the game but like this movie has a fucking part where there's a cat chef Yes, that's what I wanted to bring up. Oh my god, that part was so fucking funny. I thought it was great, but I was like, again, I was like, that's so Toho. Like, it could, it's, it could be from the video game, but I was like, that feels like something out of a Toho movie right there. And also, the, the cat chef is a fucking perv, because he makes kissy lips He's into Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. And she kind of appreciates it, because it's like, okay, you're now, fucking... Now, when we say cat. this, you at home are probably imagining a little house cat with, like, a chef's hat on, like a wee-wee... Uh, what this is, imagine like a Ninja Turtle size, like an anthropomorphic cat who has a pirate bandana on and an earring, and he's a chef. And he's got one eye, I think. He's got one eye, and he has a thing for Mila Jovovich. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is like when they introduce him, when he's pissed off, and then it cuts right to this montage of him like cutting up a fish dividing it using some special ability to cook it with fire and then he places like some garnish on top and goes that fucking shit had me laughing my ass off and then ron perlman interacting with the cat chef because the the cat chef brings him some food and there's a big fucking hairball oh yeah no he hands him a drink it's just like it's fucking hilarious yeah he's like have you been drinking from my cup again it's great. Oh God, I love oh, yeah, that so, character. Uh, we should also say, so Tony Jaw eventually gets um, reunited with his clan. I guess they're like a clan, but yeah. they're also oh, like- We never mentioned hunters. like the movie starts off and it's like the new world, the old world. So in the new, they're, they're, the Monster Hunter universe is considered what? The new world, right? Yes. So it starts off with them in this ship and they're going through this desert. They're basically like the desert is made out of water or the sand is like water. And yeah, very they get Terry attacked, Gilliam. and Tony Jaw gets flung from the ship, so he's separated. And I'm they probably assume he's dead. And then he meets Milijovic and her crew. She meets Artemis and her crew of uh, soldiers. He tries to warn them about the monster, but they attack but him. Fucking Ti thinks they he's don't... trying to attack them. Yeah, what a terrible spotter, Ti. And so as a result of that, they get wiped out. She and, I mean, the two of them meet up and then eventually they get reunited with, he gets reunited with his crew. The one thing I thought was weird is they locked her up. And oh, then like, yes. she just gets out and they're and like, Tony Jaw had to, yeah. When, <laughs> when they're reunited with Tony Jaw, Ron Perlman's first instinct is to lock up Mila Jovovich like a prisoner. And Tony Jaw comes and speaks on her behalf so that they free her. And that's when no, she, she, she kind of frees herself, which oh, I thought yeah, was yeah. great. It was just sort of like, that shows you her, how capable she is. Like as soon as everyone leaves the room, she just like breaks the lock and escapes, which I thought yes, was great. That's right. <laughs> But it's funny because they, you know, they didn't get, they didn't survive that long in the Monster Hunter universe by being careful or being friendly. They did it by being suspect of everybody, yeah. of everything. So it's natural when you meet a new 
person you don't know who this person is like to lock them up i felt like that was totally in line probably with what they would have done yeah um, well here's the thing is i also like that they have hair gel there's that one character that looks like oh yeah that has like super spiky hair hawk <laughs> yeah. i was so glad when he died i was kind of bummed like, that oh, we didn't get, get to see partner. the cat chef in battle because i'm sure he would have done something cool but he's the chef so well, maybe no, you fight. do remember the wasn't the post credit scene doesn't the cat chef come out no, the post-credit I... scene that I saw, well, well, we'll get there, but the post-credit scene that I saw, I was talking about the cloaked figure. Yeah. I didn't see the cat chef in that, or I don't remember. There's, well, it go it goes back to them battling that other monster. Yes. The new one that the was Rathalos. at the top of the tower. Yeah, what was it called? Rathalos. Rathalos. Rathalos so they're battling like a, a Rathalos. Giant, um, dragon. I have to say, for movie dragons... This is the best movie dragon I've ever seen. And I'm talking oh, they like look dope. Even better than Drogon from Game of Thrones or goddamn, Dr- you know, I'm used to like Draco from Dragonheart, old school shit. To see like a really amazingly crafted VFX dragon, the Rathalos in this movie, like the, 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 the main battle, he's basically like the boss battle. Um, they have to battle this dragon to get to this tower because Mila Jovovich thinks, hey, there's like, there's the storm, the portal or whatever I came through. If I walk back through it, I'll go home. And to get to that tower, the Rathalos is protecting it and he breathes fire. And um, it's a really impressive action. Oh, every action sequence of the movie is impressive, but this one is like amazing because she sees the portal, jumps, goes through it, lands back in our world gets picked up by a convoy and they're giving her medical treatment. You're like, wow, is that how, really how this movie's going to end? That seems so weird. My favorite too is they're like, why are you cosplaying? Nobody noticed that. They're yeah. like, where the fuck did you What's up with these gauntlets on your wrists? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's picked up by like a military ambulance, uh, Humvee, and they're, they're choppering her out. And all of a sudden, the portal's still open. The fucking Rathalos comes through to our world. And then you get this crazy moment where, which is what I originally thought the monster in a movie was going to be. You have the U.S. military battling a dragon, and it looks really cool. The dragon <laughs> kicks their asses, by the way. <laughs> Fries everybody. And Dude, Ron Perlman that... and Tony Jaa come back through the portal to help battle the Rathalos before they go back home. By the way, my favorite part, though, is like, uh, I keep trying to call him Paul W. I mean, P.T. Anderson for some reason, but Paul <laughs> W.S. Anderson found this one, like in the first part of the movie, their Humvee gets wrecked and spins. And so he does this sequence where it's very slow motion, lots of flashing lights, and all these people are just slowly getting bashed around inside the uh, Humvee and there's like dirt and debris flying everywhere. He uses that shit so much. Like, there's like a, yeah, there's like a car roll. That. There's like four or five car rolls. And then the, the, and then when the plane crash or the Osprey cl- crashes, the same shit happens, which yeah. I thought was great. I even thought it was funny. I did laugh out loud at that because there's a moment in the middle of the movie when they're still battling the Diabolos where she finds her Humvee that was originally wrecked from when she got there, gets in it to grab the shit, and the Diabolos hits it, and it still does a car roll, even though she's in a fucking broken-down car. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was hilarious, too. Paul she w- should have died many times. <laughs> yeah. This would be a very she different movie death if it was like crazy. Anderson's Monster Hunter. <laughs> There'd be, like, some Harry Nilsson songs playing, and Shelley Duvall would come out and be like, gotta watch out for those monsters. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix would reveal his bare ass 
<laughs> What's his yeah, name would be in it? He would come hunter. back. <laughs> what the who's Daniel Day Lewis? <laughs> oh yeah. Would be the Ron Perlman character. <laughs> yeah, they unlock Daniel Plainview to help fight the Raffalos. <laughs> It's like, I came through to eight different states tonight to be here with you and my son, H.W. Framer. <laughs> his weapon, his anime weapon is a giant milkshake oh straw. <laughs> yes. He wheels a milkshake behind him and he takes the straw out and he battles Rathalos with it. That's just his one-liner. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots milkshake. <laughs> By the power of phantom thread. <laughs> he like lifts a thread in the air like a sword. <laughs> And then everybody stops for a musical number, like sing-along. <laughs> like Actually, there is a sing-along moment in this movie. Oh my god, those! The, I don't, I don't know if any, if anyone's in the military that listens to this show, can you please confirm if those are actually military songs? Because they sounded like really poorly written versions of military. Wait, songs but there was one hilarious thing I wanted exist. to point out, and it's such a small detail, but I have to point it out. I thought it was so funny. So they're singing this really bad military song, and. There's a there's one line where it's like uh, where it's like, you know, you ask for size 11, they give you size nine. Right. But then when it cuts to T.I. singing it, he <laughs> added a syllable and he's like, size 11, they give you a big size nine. <laughs> like he fucked it up somehow. And I was like, hey, like, dude, you're the fucking music the in this song <laughs> and you're a fucking musician. <laughs> Why did you mess it up? <laughs> hey, you. Oh, maybe don't say hey, UTI because then that sounds bad. <laughs> you call TI UTI. Hey, you. T- <laughs> did you order this cranberry juice? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if, if you can't tell because we keep going off on tangents, uh, it seems like we both loved this movie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was excellent. Oh, are we already at that part in the show where we recommend No, no, but I just think it's funny because throughout the movie, I kept wondering, because Mark and I didn't watch this uh, together. Uh, I kept wondering, I was like, I wonder if Mark is liking this movie because I could see a universe where you didn't like this. And when you texted me, Mark texted me uh, just a video of the cat chef scene and he was laughing and I was like, oh, I wonder if he's making fun. Like he thinks the movie's stupid. And he sent this stupid scene and he's mocking it. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be a really interesting podcast. Mark's going to hate this movie. And I'm kind of relieved because I just wanted to geek out with you about this movie because I had such a good time watching it. Oh my God. It was so much. It kind of, it made me feel like I was back. I honestly wanted, as I was watching it, I was like, oh man, I really miss going to the theaters. Same. That would have been fucking phenomenal. To see this. I mean, I saw the movie as I'm sure you did. I saw the movie in 4k. Oh yeah, and I bought. Looked, I own the movie now. Yeah, yes. same, same. And it, it looked ridiculously clear and crisp. Like, oh the yeah, image quality is so fine. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't believe how fucking beautiful it was. Like, I find that like I have a Sony television, and I find that if you watch, I, this could just be me making stuff up, but I find that if you watch a Sony movie on a Sony television through a sony service it looks incredible like for some reason all those things line up and it looks amazing i bought it it on amazon prime and it 
looked fucking awesome on my Samsung TV. I will say the one point part that I'm, I have a feeling you may agree with me on this at the end battle, when they're all like geared up, it's Ron Perlman, Tony, John, Milijovic. They're all kind of like about to charge this next creature. It looked like really bad green screen with the storm behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that Ooh. goddamn storm is my, my main gripe. And it was my main gripe in the beginning of the movie too. Like, I hate the storm device. I just hate that idea. Like, I'm like, I've seen it. It's too much. Too many movies have done it. I don't think it ever looks good, by the way, when people attempt to do it in VFX. It always looks, this is, looks like the same corny, like, smoke like the, and stormy cloud filter that people use. You can blame the mummy for it, for that. The but the mummy sequence. makes it look good. Because I think because it does the thing where you see the mummy's face appear as it tries to swallow the plane. They made it a moment. As opposed to now, it's like, it's not enough. Like, they just put it up there to be like, here it is. It's a star. Well, here's what did you think of the one in Fury Road? I thought that That one was handled pretty well. Yeah. This one, I think the color was weird. It was like kind of dark and purpley. Well, because it's it's balancing two different things. It's not just about the storm in Fury Road. It's also about the cars and then Max. And you're seeing everyone go through the turmoil, right? Here, it was very much like they just use the storm. Overlays. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, here's the storm. The storm bring It moves you to the portal. There's no um, transition to the storm. It's all of a sudden they're in like a purple environment with lightning. Yes, that There's was no my like only transition break. into it. So you you as the audience are like, okay, let's I can see how this works. It's like they've stepped into it. And it's kind of like there's this line and it's just like you're out of the storm or you're in the storm. And yes. that's it. There's no like transition between the two. It's just like it just suddenly, oh, shit, we're in this fucking weird, super dark, purpley world. And it just doesn't. I don't know. It's. I think it had to do with like the way they green screened it. it the lighting is weird, and yeah, know. they looked unusually flat. Yeah, the three like of them looked like they were problem. in a studio. Yeah, and but again, like this, that's a nitpick. Like, yeah, that's not. Yeah. It's not even it's a not, valid criticism not, of the movie yeah. because I really thought to have look to have one shitty looking environment in a movie filled with otherworldly like the fucking those giant when they're running through the desert of the monster hunter world and there are these giant for lack of a better word they're like giant anthills that the spiders have made yeah it looks otherworldly like i know that sounds silly but it truly does almost like like you look at the locations on a show like raised by wolves where you really feel like you're in space you feel like you're on another planet you're like there's nowhere that looks like this this looks like a completely alien uh surface same thing here I was like, this doesn't look like they went to fucking Tunisia to shoot. It looks like they went to another dimension. It looks insane. Reminds me of actually Pitch Black when you just felt like, okay, I'm on this crazy planet where there's like, yeah, you know, all these creatures. Man, I love Pitch Black. You know what, though? I went back and I watched, you know, I love the Riddick movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I went back and I watched Pitch Black recently. (laughs) And I forgot how fucking terrible that little kid is who wants to be Vin Diesel. So he like dresses up like him. (laughs) It's like. What was the scene where they reveal that it's actually a girl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the blood on her. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> I think I'm going to cosplay as that character. <laughs> I'm a little kid pretending to be Riddick. Um, <laughs> oh, when she makes the goggles, I was just like, ah, Jesus. This fucking yes. these kid character shaves her head, puts we the goggles on. kids in movies. One of the funniest. Um, Oh, that's the scene. That guy's on the uh, he's kicking back with the umbrella and she comes behind him and she's like, he could have killed you like this. 
Yes. You yes. remember that shit? And I was like, shut the fuck up. One thing I remember is when we went to go see Riddick, the final Riddick movie. And uh, Mark and I went to one of those fancy recliner theaters and a man in the back row had fallen asleep and we were all marching past him to exit the theater and he had his shoes and one sock was off and we all had to walk past him and the ushers, no one bothered to wake him up because I think we're all afraid to touch him. (laughs) This was (laughs) pre-COVID. Nobody wanted to touch him. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, and we had some fucking weird... Wait, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but also today, big news day today, because today it was also announced that on March 5th, Governor Cuomo is finally going to give the green light to open New York movie theaters. Dude, and like, the AMC stock skyrocketed. It did? shame I didn't buy any (laughs) more. Oh, shit. Maybe I need to cash out. Bought a bunch of fucking losers. (laughs) So riding that game stonk? No. (laughs) (laughs) mark so let me ask you this i mean we're no longer in new york but i I mean all right honestly yes it's cool that movie theaters are going to open again and it feels like a big market because new york and la have both been shut down for since the entire pandemic yeah um it does totally to me feel like i don't want to get political here but it feels like cuomo grasping at straws a little bit because Dave and Buster sort of forced his hand because they sued so they could open. Damn, and it feels really? like he had to kind of answer for that a little bit. Yeah, did you not know that Who Dave and Buster's Dave in Times Buster's Square could uh, change policy? Dave and Buster's um, made it so that they could open with 25% capacity. How? How I don't know. They use their big Dave and Buster's, use their big Dave and Buster's influence. I didn't in the realize they had like fucking Dave and Buster's lobbyists came out. <laughs> And he was surrounded in a bunch of tickets and a giant inflatable pencil. And he was like, listen, hey, I see Dave and Buster's has got margaritas and light up necklaces. And we need 25% capacity. And then they signed the bill. Um, wow, damn. No, so Good apparently them. <laughs> in response to that, unofficially in response to that, Cuomo is going to open New York movie theaters on March 5th. And I have to tell you, if I still lived in the city, I would not go. I would not go. Would I you don't... go? Mark's going to fly in to the I don't think I would 5th. go. I, you know, like I said, I, I loved the theater experience. I liked having AMC A-list. And it feels like a period of time that was just like it had its heyday and now it's over. Yeah. And it's like, I think you and I have the same feeling of it's just like, oh, my God, I got to deal with the fucking idiot that brought their kid to an R-rated movie and the kid's screaming because they're fucking terrified. Or the, the telling people to turn off their fucking cell phones. Even in like the artsy theaters, like the Metrograph in New York City, I was like telling people to shut their fucking phones off so many goddamn times. It it was getting like really annoying. And now I'm, I'm the only one here. It's like, yeah, I'm the only one who can misbehave. And I'm a good, I'm a good movie theater. You're a good goer. movie goer. So, I'm and not going to like make a, any noise or pull out my phone. This is, you have an amazing AV setup. Mark. You yeah. have a comfortable environment. You snacks have your own are snacks. Cheap. Snacks are cheap. You don't have to deal with other moviegoers. And you have now first-run movies being ported directly into your oh, home. Oh, yeah. It's great. I mean, I look, mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a minute yesterday during Monster Hunter. I was like, man, could you imagine seeing this on IMAX? How oh, amazing yeah. those oh, battles God, would, would have be been. so good. But it was nice to also watch it at home and like eat a donut. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? Here's the thing. You know what I used to do when I was uh, when I had my A list account. What I would do is, and this was like perfectly above board because you could do it. 
I would buy out all the rows in front and behind and to the side of me. And then like a couple minutes before the show would start, I'd cancel all those tickets. And I would have this huge area where <laughs> no one would sit around me. And I did that. Mark, and then eventually AMC figured that out and they fucking banned me. And then as soon as they banned me, COVID came over and like wiped them out. <laughs> but I'm, let me tell you something. And I don't want mine doing that. And I don't give a shit if they lost money on that because AMC never ever did anything about misbehaved audiences. It's not like the theaters in LA where, where they would come out and be like, you know what, if you guys go on your phones and if you're disrespectful to audience members, we're going to fucking kick you out. Where there's like the culture of movies here. It's been fucking fantastic. Well, it used to be. But AMC would just let people do whatever the fuck they wanted. There were people on their phones, people having conversations like, oh, yeah. And no one would do shit. And I would get so much anxiety because I would be like, God, who the fuck am I going to sit next to? And these movies are fucking expensive. Like, I don't want to sit next to some stupid asshole that's going to be on his phone. And I have to, like, constantly tell this guy, like, oh, shit, am I going to get punched in the face because I've asked someone to actually be considerate? So, you know, fuck the movie theaters. I mean, I wouldn't mind if you and I had a movie theater where it was just us. Yeah. That was it. That'd be great. But since audiences are just a bunch of fucking cunts fuck the theater system i'm very happy to just chill out in my living room yeah the sound system's not as great yeah the screen's not as big but you know what i don't have to deal with the anxiety of like a crapshoot of who the audience member next to me is going to be or am i going to get fucking bed bugs or do i have to fucking clean this seat that's covered in like popcorn oil you know what or nacho cheese yeah like part of me is nostalgic for that or am i going to go to the metrograph and have to tell someone like hey stop fucking vaping because there's a big goddamn cloud of vapor going up and like a blue led that's burning my goddamn eyeball out it's like i've waited years to see some of these movies on the big screen for the first time and you're fucking it up and of course no and you complain and everyone acts like you're a dick yeah they want to be cooler than thou about it they want to pretend like it doesn't bother them like it's all fucking above it it's all these shitheads that think that the movie theater is their living room and just because they paid a, a certain premium that they have like the right to do whatever the fuck they want. And it's like, no, there's other people here. Was it was I with you when oh, um, damn. when uh, I think it was uh, I don't think it was Sully, but it was a movie like that. And I saw it in Dolby Atmos and there was a kid who came in in the middle who clearly was not there to see the movie, like just snuck into a movie because he was walking by and he proceeded to do push ups by the exit <laughs> what and i was so distracted a is distracting because a fucking random kid walked in in the middle of this boring old man movie and then, <laughs> that wasn't that was the most enough, exciting part of the movie i he started doing fucking push-ups and i was like what is this <laughs> yeah. and no usher did anything no one did anything no one police anything same for regal remember we saw the movie the first purge every time there was a purging oh. there were kids in the back of our audience chanting and jumping around going real life real life oh you know here's the other annoying thing about regal do you remember so regal they have in their theater there is a it's usually on the right side there's a fire extinguisher and inside the fire extinguisher there's like a little clipboard and they have to mark something down every regal theater i've been to they never wait 
for the the movie to be over to do this during the credits. They walk in the middle of the fucking movie, open this shit up. They have this fucking mag. Uh, what is it called? A mag light? Those big metal ones that the cops use. Fucking shine this stupid light on this clipboard. Mark it. Close the metal box and leave. And they would do this every fucking movie I've been in. And it's like, what? I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. And then my friend and I complained and asked about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's just something we have to, we do a, a security check because uh, we're afraid that there may be like a, a theater shooting. And it's like, but what? You're not pointing. The shooter's not hiding behind the fucking fire extinguisher, you dipshit. <laughs> Who's attacking us? Fucking Ant Man? <laughs> Like I never, it's like I've never seen this at an AMC theater. It's like okay, if you want to have someone come in, have them come in, check on the audience, make sure they behave, eject people that aren't going to be behaving, and then get the fuck out of there. Don't go there. And this shit, these boxes were always at the fucking front of the theater, yes. so you'd see these guys shambling down. They don't give a shit. Box, you hear this metallic hinge open, bright light, and you're like, <laughs> they is this open a it. fucking movie theater? You hear or is a fucking Wilhelm scream. The guys are like, ah. <laughs> and i have to say that even fucking alamo draft house like yeah, i don't know they, how many fucking complaints i had but to I write think up it was i these think stupid it was, assholes would never pick the card up i think this was a new york problem i think if you go to the alamo as we saw in la or even if you go to the mecca of the, the true one in austin i don't think you get that bullshit but yeah, in a new brooklyn alamo a draft house you're gonna get assholes it's just gonna happen because it's new york city Everybody's got a fucking chip on their shoulder. Nobody wants to be considerate to their neighbor. Nobody cares what you think about the movie, man. Like, they're just there. Yes, hey, Mark. Yeah. Mm. What did you think about Monster Hunter? Would you recommend it? Oh, yes. I totally recommend it. Uh, his movies are the ones that come on and you just want to watch them over and over again. And this is like another movie that if it came on. And I mean, I own the fucking movie now. So now I can just play it whenever I want. Yeah, it's one of those movies. Like, if I'm struggling to figure out what movie I'd want to watch, I could I could toss could this throw movie Monster on Hunter and around. just watch it and just be extremely entertained. Eat some crazy ass snacks that are like you know. Oh, I got, did I tell you I got I got a subscription to Sweet Tart Ropes from Amazon, so I get like a box of them every six months, so I can have diabetes when I watch movies now. <laughs> have my fucking feet sawed off. <laughs> oh Jesus. They're anyway, like, well, yeah, I totally recommend this movie. It's super entertaining. I love the cast. I love the the effects are fantastic. The action sequences are really well thought out. And uh, yeah, it's one of those movies you can sit down with a group of people and watch, or you can watch it by yourself, and it's going to be extremely entertaining. What did I, you think? I agree, man. I highly recommend Monster Hunter. I will say... There, I know there are going to be people who are going to be all uppity about this movie, and they're going to tell you that it's a waste of time. Or it's not going; doesn't have enough character development. These people are idiots because this movie does have character development. It does have great characterization. It just so happens to also have bitch and monster fights in it. <laughs> Incredible creature design, and I love the action. I mean, to your point, you know, action, and even just the the. Um, action no dialogue just great action sequences can tell a story i always think of the to me the the pinnacle of this is uh indiana jones and the last crusade basically any indie movie but really that third one the action sequences all have many arcs within them they tell stories there are great moments and highs and lows even just a two-minute sequence of indie you know getting pulled on a tank jumping off finding his way back to this guy and 
I'm not saying that this movie is of the same caliber, but I am saying in the way that that movie, Last Crusade, tells a story in its action pieces, so too does Monster Hunter. The way that the set pieces are designed to have surprises and discoveries, highs and lows, I I was really taken aback by the artistry of uh, the action sequences in Monster Hunter. And I really fully hope, I I don't know, um, you know, the COVID times, I don't know how people are like, it's all relative with the box office. I don't know if this movie would get a sequel. I think in the before times, this movie would have gotten a sequel. I don't know about now, but I would be psyched to see more movies in the Monster Hunter universe for sure. Oh, I totally agree. I, after that, you know, when you told me like, hey, stick out, for, stick around for the post credit scene, I was like, that gave me a bit of hope. It's like, okay, they're actually planning this out to be sequel based. So I'm looking forward to the next Monster Hunter movies for sure. I agree, and I, I hope they do make them because I, the the post. <gasps> God damn! Gonna cut you that. should keep that in. <clears throat> Fuck it, I'll keep it. So yeah. the post credit scene, the monster hunter post credit scene, has a cloaked figure, like a sorcerer or something. It looked like Warcraft. It was like a sorcerer <laughs> on top of the sky tower, and it looked like he was summoning Rathalos to go attack uh, the monster hunters. So I'm sure that that's what they're setting up is some kind of a cool, like spellcaster angle to it. Um, that would be anyway, fucking it dope. Like, it'd be, it'd be great, man. I think it'd be well, they hilarious. Up the ante, so that'll be fucking pulls awesome. the fucking hood and it's T.I. <laughs> no, it's common. It's common. Like, we need another bad actor. <laughs> rapper slash we need another actor. boring rapper. Which boring rapper is available? I and I'm not like I said. I thought Ti was great in this movie. I liked him. Like um, when he, he pulls was okay. the shirt off. Well, I'm that reveal was other, great with the spiders. He actually made me like, oh fuck. He fucked. It's up like the it song, felt though. like he was getting. Yeah, he fucked up the song. And as a musician, that's you know that's uh, that's unforgivable. I love I love time. Megan Good. I like her in movies. I think she's got a great look. I always find that when she's in a movie, she does. She makes me believe right away, so I like her character. I really loved her seeing her pop up in Shazam. She's a fun actress. Um, actor, act, oh, actor. It's an actress. Um, but you, you know what? Cut that part. <laughs> because I loved seeing uh, these faces. Ron Perlman. I mean, it's kind of funny too because. Um, oh, I was so happy to. We see got a Ron Hellboy Perlman. connection, right? You've got the actual Hellboy with Mila Jovovich, the villain in the new shitty Hellboy. Uh, so there was kind of a fun <laughs> meeting of the Hellboy actors too, which I appreciated. Oh, and I, I actually was one thing I wanted to point out too is that one sequence where there's I forgot what they call it. I think that airplane's called the Hawkeye, the one that has like the uh, the radar dish on top of it. Oh, I love those. When, yeah, when the uh, was Rathalos right Rathalos. grabs the wings and rips them off. <laughs> oh, yeah. holy fuck, that looked good. Okay, Mark, I was like in order yeah. of monster. What was your favorite monster? So let, let me line them up for you. We've got Diabolos, who was our under the sand Triceratops. We've got Rathalos, who is the badass dragon. We've got the Megalodon characters. I don't know what they're called, but they're peaceful herbivore dinosaurs. We've got the Arachnids, um, these giant spiders. And we've got the Cat Chef. <laughs> who is oh, your there's favorite also the, creature? The, the creature on the beach that he uses for oh, his bait. Oh, yes. It comes out of the running water. running joke of like, you use me as bait. Meh. Oh, it was like a bat thing with a tail. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Okay. Favorite so of all, creature, all the Mark. creatures, I have to say, what was the 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 uh, the underground ones? The Diabolos. Diabolos. That one was cool because uh, to me that was the most effective one because it was so relentless. You know what I mean? 
like yeah, the dragon really... is big and of course you you kind of figure it's going to be kicking ass but that one takes a lot of time in the movie okay so let me just say so uh just because i i want to respect the movie there was pretty fucking creepy though holy shit so we've got diabolos the the spiders are called nursillas mm. nursillas and uh wait hang on i'm going to give you some other names here We've got the herbivores. The herbivores, they're called Apsaros. And then, of course, there's Rathalos. 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 Oh, and I want you to know that Ron Perlman's character's name is the Admiral. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like quite a bit, too. (laughs) By the way, was one of the Marines in the Osprey at the end, was that Eric Mabius? I thought it was like Ron Perlman's son. I thought he looked like a young Ron Perlman. I thought for a second, I thought it was like Eric Mabius. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Because he was in, you know, Resident Evil. Callback to Resident Evil. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to look it up right now. Who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Bro, do you remember this guy? Wait Wait, a minute. Are you sharing your screen? I'm going to share my screen right now with you. Hang on. Mark, do you remember? Let's look at some cast. Do you remember this man? Huh? Who's that, Mr. Potato Head? What the He's fuck? He's in the Monster Hunter. <laughs> Mr. He? Potato Head. Mark, how rude. That's fucking rude. I'm so Jesus sorry. Christ. <laughs> Mark, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, sir? God damn. I really don't think. Wait, is it if this Jay guy? If Jay Leno has a chin, it's this guy. has got a forehead. It's oh. this guy, Nick Rassenti. He looks like a uh, he looks like a young Ron Perlman, does he not? Yeah, he does actually. Now that you're showing me, well, does he just um, play military guys? <laughs> like, what else was this guy in? He's in Sniper Reloaded. And for the love of food. <laughs> for the love- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, come on! If you had to have a movie where you went back in time to meet a younger Ron Perlman, tell me this dude would not play him. Oh yeah. He's got it. I thought they were going to reveal that it was Ron Perlman's son. Like he was like, I, I lost a baby in the portal many years ago. <laughs> He'd be like, get away from me, old man. <laughs> He's got Ryan Gosling's eyes though. And you're on a his Gosling like- kick lately, huh? Because his eyes are so close together. I, I was—I don't know. I just watched What the Fuck is That movie. Uh, Only God forgives. Yeah, that movie was so stupid. Oh, my God. I'm so... Thank God for Monster Hunter because that movie sucked ass out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay. You asked me what my favorite monster was. Then now I have to throw the question back to you. What was your favorite monster? Rathalos. <laughs> um, I'm not even being stupid. Rathalos was... Uh, an achievement. Uh, he looked. I'm not kidding. This is the best you dragon gender I've ever seen on film. Did you just say that I fucking misgendered Rathalos? <laughs> Did you just assume Rathalos's gender, bro? <laughs> you fucking I cis see male. No penis. <laughs> okay. I will say I agree with you though that Rathalos. So I'm sorry. I don't know Rathalos's fucking pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's they them okay fucking they them <laughs> i enjoy rathalos is a cinematic achievement and what they were able to do with them <laughs> from a design standpoint and uh was was really i thought a really um class achievement for for vfx designers and paul w sanderson as well because the rathalos <laughs> 
was an incredible final boss. And you know, I have to say time. how cool it looked because he looked awesome. You know, when you see a dragon and like even Game of Thrones, they just kind of look slim and like you know. Scrawny. Well, Droga, all the all the uh, mother of dragons, dragons I thought looked kind of shitty. Yeah, especially when one, she just, was riding you see the them. jaw on fucking Rathalos. It yes. looks like it can tear shit apart. It looks well, like I also you know, love ever that um, they do mouth? like that oh that God. zoom in where it's like you you know the uh, Ron Perlman's like the weakness of Rathalos is right before it breathes fire, and Paul W. Sanderson does that monster push in where you can see the fuel kind of getting from pumped the into its <laughs> into its glands so it can breathe fire. Uh, it's just even that even that shot looks incredible he makes rathalos real oh man there's so much texture on rathalos too like the skin like how it looks kind of aged and battle worn and the the teeth like i said that maw reminds me of like a pit bull jaw where it's just like you know whatever it crunches down on is gonna break i'm always i have to say that i was glad they didn't i mean there's the cat character but i'm glad they didn't have like the the cutesy like merchandise character and i was like oh thank god yeah, like I'm also glad that they didn't have the cat chef do a musical number or funny like <laughs> fart. You know, I think in a in a lesser man's hands, fart. you know, if, if if this were a Rebel Wilson movie and you saw the cat <laughs> chef, you know that he would take a shit into a plate like like it would be in the trailer, you know, and it would be scored to like tell me something good. And I'd be like, She'd be like, oh, look at him. He made a little bit of droppings on the plate. <laughs> or whatever she says. You know what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my God. All right. That'll about wrap it up for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us for another Matt and Mark movie show. If you like what we do here, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. I see a few of you have left ratings and reviews. You know who you are, so I just want to say thank you. And if you want to be like these cool people, you too can leave us a rating and a review. It actually helps us quite a bit, makes us feel good down in the tum, but it also helps raise the visibility of the podcast which only helps us find more people to listen to join our little community email us at matt and mark movie show at gmail.com that's m-a-t-t-a-n-d mark movie show at gmail.com or follow us on instagram at the matt and mark movie show we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening
statues possess the power to transform anyone who stands before them into monsters. This is crazy. It's a joke, right? My theories are correct. I am vindicated. The monster lives in that teepee. It's happening. Max? Late again, Max? Yes, Mrs. Huckley. I don't want to be a monster. What's up? You sick? Starving. I haven't eaten all day. It is hunger. That's what changes Max into a monster. It's gonna happen, Quick! It's gonna happen! You can't get away that easily. <laughs> hey! There's the monster! Somebody stop the monster! Oh! What is this? Actually, that's, uh, that's my pet monster. It's grotesque, isn't it? It's disgusting. Come on. Not so fast, my dear. Put down that check, you dog whopper! Don't get Max. Just watch me. Max Smith is my pet monster. New from High Tops Video.